0: Sunday morning. I checked the hotel room one last time to make sure I didn't leave anything behind. Peter LaRose, my good friend and roommate for the collecting weekend, packed his stuff and took off for the Lausch building of the Ohio Expo Center, 20 minutes away from where we were staying. I returned my hotel key to the front desk and checked out. The lobby was quiet, and the only other presence in the main entrance was the morning sunlight that surrounded the room. As the automatic front doors opened to the sides of me, I stepped outside and took in the world around me that was still sleeping. Above my head, the Righteous Brothers crooned through speakers embedded in the overhang that extended across the front of the hotel and led to the parking lot. As insects and birds chirped along till you lost that love and feeling, The climax of the song and the searing sunlight made the morning feel majestic. I stood just beyond the entrance and took in the moment for a few minutes. It had been two years since I had been here, since I stood in this parking lot as the sun rose, since Pete and I and many of our friends gathered in the city of Columbus to do what we all loved, hunting for toys and spending time together. And now, we were finally back to Ohio. Would you like to join us? I promise you, it's what you and I and all of us have really needed. This is a day spent at the Columbus Toy and Game Show, one of the greatest shows in the country. This is conversations with collectors, vendors, and shoppers as they share some of their purchases, sales, and discoveries at the show and over the years. This is Amazing Finds, live from the Columbus Toy Show. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. Chandra.
1: Yes, Master. Not that, yeah. well, we're gonna have the, standard the more you tighten your grip, Tom, the more star systems will
2: slip between your fingers. I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. The
3: Force
4: will be with you.
0: Always. Have you been to a toy show lately? And by lately, I mean within the past year and a half. It's been almost two years since the last Columbus Toy Show, and I've really missed traveling back to Ohio. Sunday morning is always special. There's a beautiful quiet to the world, and everything feels exciting. Saturday night was the dress rehearsal, and Sunday is the day of the performance. Everything comes together wonderfully, and our friends are not only responsible for making it happen, but they're a large part of what makes it so special and the ride over at 7 o'clock that morning is always better than the one to set up the day before. Very few people are on the road. It's peaceful, and each moment draws closer to the venue and rings with potential. The parking lot was much fuller than I had expected. Upon arriving at the Lausch building, which is tucked away toward the end of the road through the expo center, I parked my car, said a quick prayer for everyone attending the event, and grabbing my backpack and a bottle of water, I headed inside. A line of early bird shoppers waiting to get in skimmed the length of the large building and wrapped around the other side of it, traveling along the back. The doors opened to early birds at 8 a.m., and it seemed like new attendees joined the line with every passing minute. The hangar-style entrance on the side of the building resembled a giant mouth in a perpetual yawn. Vendors were still transporting containers of toys and collectibles from their cars and trucks, and I waved to a few of the ones that I knew. As I approached the venue, I could hear the voice of James Ford, head of CTS Promotions, which puts on the Columbus Toy Show twice a year. After two years of not being able to host a Columbus show due to the pandemic, James showed his appreciation with a heartfelt thank you to all who worked to make this event happen. Okay, I'm walking into the exhibit building. It is almost 8 o'clock in the morning. There is a line that stretches out almost onto the road. I would guess that there's 500, 600 people As soon as I was inside, I located Pete, who was doing some last-minute browsing with a few friends. Glancing at my watch, I knew I only had about 20 minutes before the throng of shoppers joined us, so I made my way through as many aisles as I could. I looked for tables that weren't set up yesterday, and checked the others for new items added that morning. But if I'm being honest, I wasn't really shopping. I was just happy to be in the room, happy to be seeing friends I haven't seen since 2019, happy to be able to peruse tables and to peek into open bins, surrounded by the possibility of finding something special. I shook hands and said hello to the vendors, eagerly awaiting those lined up along the outside wall. A friendly police officer stood at the front door and nodded to each passerby. I walked up to a table in which friends of mine had offered me something special the day before. Two loose blue snaggletooth figures. They were both in really nice condition, and the sellers told me to make an offer once I had expressed I was interested in purchasing them. I have a collection of blue snaggletooth figures, about 15 or so, all graded and in really good condition. It's one of my favorite figures in the entire line, and I'll never turn down one with good paint, nice boots, and tight limbs. It's funny, but I realized recently that I've picked up at least one at almost every spring and fall Ohio show. It's how I met Zach Curtis, and it led to a deep, years-long friendship with him that goes beyond the toys. In fact, it may have been the first thing I ever bought during my first trip out to Ohio for the 2017 Fall Columbus Show. Once I had the two Blue Snaggletooth figures, I really didn't care if I found another item that day. I knew I had a few others waiting for me at a friend's table, and between them, the Blue Snaggletooth duo, and some of the items I had purchased during Saturday's setup, I had spent more than enough money, and I was very happy with what I had picked up. And I almost forgot. Earlier that morning, I had made a deal with a fellow collector for a batch of modern prototypes. I collect ones for Hasbro's 6-inch Black Series line, and a friend was selling three first-order Stormtrooper samples, all with the security tracking numbers on their heads. Many times, first shots and samples will remove the original heads so they cannot be tracked. And to find one intact is a true rarity. I remembered when my friend had purchased them, and always regretted not buying them when I had the chance. So I reached out to him on Saturday after he posted them, and before I checked out of the hotel, we agreed on a price, and I was able to add them to my first order Stormtrooper run. Starting the morning with a rare prototype pickup was a nice way to start the morning of my last day in Columbus. There seems to be a slight magic that occurs when I travel out to Ohio. When it comes to modern Star Wars prototypes, I've been fortunate to pick up at least one during almost every trip out west, and many times they seem to find me. And for that, I am truly grateful. So what types of collectibles were for sale at the Columbus Toy Show? Speaking of modern prototypes, Josh Birch had display cases that were littered with them. He had a row of newly released 6-inch Universal Monsters first shots, featuring the Bride of Frankenstein, Dracula, and the creature from the Black Lagoon. In the next case were the first shots of Animal, Janice, and one of the space pigs from the Palisades Muppets line. Josh also had a grouping of Star Wars prototypes from the early part of the century, with characters like Anakin Skywalker, as well as multiple Tonway examples, who appeared in Attack of the Clones and most recently in The Bad Batch. One of the more popular tables during setup the day before belonged to a husband and wife couple who brought a small toy store worth of gems ranging from the 1970s to the early 1990s. The unofficial mascots of their tables were two blow-up displays, a large dinosaur with whom shoppers took photos, and a promotional bot bag featuring Bernie from the film Weekend at Bernie's. I continued to walk up and down each aisle, stopping at each table to explore it thoroughly. One vendor setup consisted almost exclusively of superhero offerings from Marvel and DC Comics. An exclusive life-size Iron Man gauntlet complete with the Infinity Stones sat high above shelves littered with boxed Marvel Legends figures. Another featured a case of loose Masters of the Universe figures next to a pastiche of toys ranging from Transformers to Mego dolls to tiny Star Wars Lego sets with heavy price tags. At another table, a sealed G.I. Joe Phantom X-19 Stealth Fighter was displayed next to a Castle Grayskull playset. On the shelf below, older Simpsons toys were arranged according to the plastic displays with which they were sold. An open album containing Pokemon cards from the previous two decades lined the center of the table, and was surrounded by a Thundercats cat's lair a turtle's van, and the Imperial troop transport from Kenner's Star Wars line. I was surprised to see a healthy abundance of Star Wars Black Series 6-inch figures at the show, simply because very few appeared at any of the other shows I had attended earlier that month. One table's offerings focused solely on the later releases, the end of the Red Box line and the newer ones featuring the updated package designs with character art on the sides. And another table had a full run of the Red Box series, which was an amazing sight to behold. The collection took up an entire table by itself and featured more than 100 action figures spanning the nine movies of the Skywalker Saga. One very popular table had a collection of toys marketed to girls in the 1980s, and it made me think of my sister and the toys she received at Christmas and on her birthday. The table featured rainbow bright, Disney-themed light bright packages, and the insanely popular Cabbage Patch Kid dolls that caused mob scenes at toy stores across the country. Lightsabers, Godzilla creatures, graphic novels, and 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figures were scattered among the adjacent table in such a way that it demanded more than a cursory glance as you walked by. At another table, I saw toys I hadn't seen since I was a child. Pac-Man plush puppets, the Micro Machines Super Auto World playset, and Fisher-Price's Constructs building sets all brought back the excitement of seeing these items in stores and playing with some of them when I was younger. One very friendly and kind couple had a complete set of Star Wars carded 12-backs, which were the first 12 figures released in the Kenner line. Among the set were a carded Taiwan Darth Vader... What appeared to be a dark blue domed R2-D2, a small head Han Solo, and a Luke Skywalker with a yet unfaded white tunic. Another seller in the same row along the back of the venue had two rows of carded figures stretching the length of his tables. He had an Empire Strikes Back 45-back Han Hoth and R2-D2 with scope, and a 48A offerless zuckus. He also had a group of 47 backs for sale, featuring characters like Luke Hoth, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Cloud Car Pilot, Han Solo, Princess Leia, Ajawa, and Bosque. Two of my favorites from his selection were the 48 back Leia Hoth and Luke Bespin, which were in beautiful condition, and were ones I rarely see at shows. These were just some of the collectibles for sale that day. On the afternoon of setup, I estimated that it would take about an hour for a person to go through each of the 440 tables of toys at the show. But on Sunday, after taking multiple passes through aisles brimming with bins and boxes of toys, I would extend that time frame to anywhere from two to three hours, just to really take it all in. After doing one long deep dive through the show, I spent the rest of the time walking around at a more leisurely pace, and did multiple laps over the course of the next few hours. I was more concerned with connecting with those who came to the show, and had a great time doing so. And Columbus really offers that perfect mix of toy hunting and collector conversations. A short time later, I ran into a friend I had met online, but never previously in person. Sam Sam hails all the way from West Virginia. A few months ago, he contacted me to share some very kind and thoughtful words about the podcast. We developed a friendship and discussed things like collecting and our faith. Sam attended Michael Haven's ICCC convention in Nashville for the first time this past April and had a wonderful time there. When he returned, he posted a profound statement about the event, that his children saw his connection to the hobby in a different light, and they even started collections of their own that weekend. Sam has a heart for collecting and a heart for others. The day before the show, Sam attended a meetup for a new club, one in which he was a founding member. And what began as a memorable weekend for him continued at the show that Sunday. After a few months of talking back and forth uh, over Messenger and everything, I am standing next to a wonderful, amazing, inspirational guy. This is Sam Sam's Sam, it is a pleasure to meet you. Well, thanks, Dave. It's great meeting you finally, too. Yeah, nice to meet you in person. And uh, so we were talking about this before, but your name is, your first name is Sam and your last name is Sam. right? great. Yeah, it's a true story. My dad did that to me. If, if you knew him, you'd understand. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Um, okay, so you have a bunch of bags and stuff in your hand. Yep. So you've picked up, how long have you been here? I got here for the early bird. I got in right at eight o'clock. Okay, so you've been you've been busy shopping,
1: yeah. busy doing stuff. So tell me, what is in those bags and in your hand right now? Uh, well, first I got some uh, prints from Ken Simmons, mm-hmm. the guy that shot Loc- the man that shot Luke Skywalker, the one that did all the card art on the Kenner mm-hmm. figures. And he was selling a bunch of, I think these are 11 by 14 prints. I bought six of them. Um, really cool. Got one of the, the, the Millennium Falcon. Now I just have to find a place in my collection to hang them. Yes. But, so I always wall some. space that's... Uh, yes. But my wife's not going to be happy when I get home. No. When and, so Kim is here today,
0: yes. and um, and so when he he photographed all of the the um, the backs of the cards and then the packaging for a lot yep. of the play sets and vehicles. Yep. So really,
1: great. really great guy. Him and his wife are here. They'll they'll talk your ear off, and, and it's really really great. They've got some good stories. But uh, then I also picked up a these these weren't on my list, but it was. Feels too good to pass up. I got a a uh, Return of the Jedi carded prune face for forty dollars, which is a great, great, and it's a nice card, seventy seven back. And then I got a uh, Han Solo uh, in his uh, poncho uh, for I don't know if I do for one hundred dollars, one hundred and twenty five dollars, which I thought was good. Seventy seven back, nice. You know, the bubbles yellowed, but. Mm It's great. And then the, the creme de la creme for me, and what I came here to buy was I'm uh, missing two 12-backs from my collection, and I was able to get a Chewbacca. It's not a perfect one, but it's one that'll fit my collection for my budget. And uh, the card's a little wavy, but the bubble's clear, and it's and it's it's The really bubble good. and the figure. So there was, there was a, a
0: couple that showed up who were friends of mine uh, who brought all 12 carded Star Wars figures from the the first 12. And that Chewbacca, the bubble and the figure were gorgeous. And the card is beautiful too. It's just slightly wavy.
1: Yeah, displayed in the acrylic, it's going to be just fine for my collection. Absolutely. And it looks really sharp. So I'm glad you were able to pick that up today. I'm I'm stoked. Very happy. It was worth the two hour drive. And this show in Columbus... Uh, that James puts on. its If you live within five-hour driving distance, it's well worth a hotel room and an overnight stay to come to this show. I would even, I mean, as someone who travels eight hours
0: for this one and about nine and a half for Cincinnati, yeah. I would say, you know, yeah. it's worth it even if it's ten hours. It's-
1: yeah, I, I met a few uh, fellow IC members out in line just by happenstance, and one was from, had two... Actually, I met three people. Two were, had flown up from Florida, from the Tampa area, that they didn't even know they were both coming. You know, they just they met here as well. And then a third one was from Connecticut that flew in. So I mean, there's people that come from all over the country for this show. It is awesome and well worth it. Have you have you been to this one before? I have. I, I, like I said, I live about two hours away, um, and so I come almost every time. You know, I think it's twice a year, but I'll, I'll come three out of four times. You know, just depending depending on my schedule. But yeah, it, cool. it's it's a when you see the announcement made when the next show is, it's a put it on your calendar and hope that you don't have anything else come up. A hundred percent.
0: I always block out, you know, these specific dates during the year because you just, you don't get a better show than this.
1: Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. Yeah.
0: 100%. And I, I wanted to ask you, I wanted to talk to you because um, you did something really, I mentioned before, I, I see you as inspirational and you did something very, very cool um, and you make it look very easy, which is amazing. So you started your own collecting club.
1: Yeah, um, as I go around to different shows and stuff, like I said, I'm from West Virginia. I see that there's some pretty active clubs in Kentucky and Ohio and Pennsylvania and, of course, the Empire State Club. And I listen to a podcast with with the Georgia group. and uh, and I know California, I know there's a lot of clubs, but in West Virginia, we've not really had a, a viable club. Um, we have a show every year in West Virginia that gets put on uh, every spring that benefits uh, the Children's Miracle Network, I believe, is what it's the charity it's for. And, and the guy that runs that show, his name's Mike, he's a real good guy. We've talked for a couple of years about how we need to get a club going, need to get a club going, and it just hasn't taken off, and, and you know honestly, Dave, i got to thank you, because talking to you, you, know, you kind of pushed me and said, you can do it, you can do it, and so I, one, one morning, I was a little slow at the office, and I thought, oh, I'm going to start a Facebook group, so I started a Facebook group, reached out to Mike, who knows, he knows a lot more people in the local community than I do, um, and so he I made him a moderator, he sent out, we both sent out some requests, you know, to join the club, and in the first week, we had 40 members, and that was only about six weeks ago and and now we 're up to between fifty five and sixty i haven 't looked today, but we had our first meet up yesterday, and uh, it was it 's just a lot of fun we 've already planned to do another one and so you know if you 're out there in a state that doesn 't have a real active club and you 're thinking about you know or you 're wishing there was one start one up it 's you know it 's just a matter of starting a Facebook group and uh, every, we're all like-minded collectors and have a lot in common. And especially if you're, I'm not so much a modern collector, but if you're a modern collector, it takes help in finding all the stuff that's coming out. And so, you know, one of my wants on the on our site is, you know, to be able to help each other out and say, hey, I was at this target and they had this, and anyone need me to pick it up, you know, and that, that type of thing. So I think it's going to work out and everyone's going to benefit from it. That's fantastic. And, and
0: the key is really just to be consistent uh, and to be, to be excited over this stuff, you know, and to have these meetups and events that just bring people together. Um, I, I think you're off to a good start because at your first meetup, you had two more members than our Empire State Club had when, when they first met and now they're totaling over I think 400 or 500
1: members yeah. so you, you know you're, you're set to roll with this this is very exciting yeah, I, I appreciate it I'm very excited about it I think it's going to be going to be a real good group like I said we've already uh, made plans to, to meet again in November. And there was there was probably four or five people that wanted to come that at last minute, you know, they, it's still summertime and it's, the weather's nice, so, you know, family things come up and, and things like that, so they weren't able to make it. So, you know, I'm hoping we have 10 people or so at the next one, and then it just grows from there. Absolutely. And, and
0: the more excitement and joy that you bring into that. And the more that people see that, especially on groups like Facebook, they're going to want to become a part of it. And it just it's going to happen organically, and I, I see very good things. So, Sam, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and I'm so glad that, you, that we were able to meet in person at a show like this and that you're doing something for the community that is so positive and uh, it's life-changing. You're going to have people who will come in who maybe don't know anyone yet, And two or three years from now are going to look back and say, I'm so glad I went to that first meetup, that first show. And you were one of the people who started that. So that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I'm already seeing that because in in yesterday's meetup, like I said, there was me and five other people. And I already feel like i got five pretty good friends out of it. I mean, you know, a couple of them I knew casually from seeing them once a year at, at our show. Yeah. But, uh, but this, it solidifies it when you have That's exactly right. We, we, we just sat – and, and to, you hear Meetup, you think, oh, there's a whole, all kinds of planning involved and stuff. You know, I literally uh, uh, booked my church building, my activity center at my church, booked it uh, for a few hours on a Saturday. Uh set up a few tables and chairs, and that was it. I mean, it wasn't, you know, put a message on Facebook. It wasn't any extraordinary amount of work or anything goes into it. I mean, it's just getting a few guys and gals together that love Star Wars and and letting letting it grow organically from there. Yeah. And you realize after a while,
0: too, because I think when we go into it, we think, oh, we have to have, like, this you know perfect setting and we have to do all this planning and all this stuff and you really just need a room that you can just put people in because that's all that matters and then everything else will just kind of form around it
1: yep that's it that's it and then as you grow comfortable with each other we talk about you know inviting everyone you know people to our homes and showing off our collections and things like that and it'll it'll grow into that so i'm really looking forward to it
0: absolutely well sam i wish you the absolute best i think blessings are going to come your way in uh in ways that you know we have no idea yet uh... But it was great to meet you in person and talk to you. I'm going to let you go because I know you got to you know Appreciate keep it. keep shopping around. But it's it's a blessing. So keep it up. And uh, if anyone wants to become part of the the West Virginia Club, how do they do that?
1: Yeah, just uh, on Facebook. It's the West Virginia Star Wars Collectors Club. You'll see two on there because one is an old one from five or ten years ago that just never took off. Mm-hmm. Um, the new one is that the, we just started up has an R2D2 logo. And so if you uh, just ask to join that one, we're we're taking all comers. So it'd be great to have you. And even you know have to live in west virginia if you live you know in one of the border states or or just want to join some people to to inter, uh, interact on facebook that's fine too we appreciate it
0: and you can look up sam sam's on facebook yeah. as well too and he'll write you back and he's one of the nicest people i've met in a long time so awesome thanks
1: dave i really appreciate it mike and i i mean it with the bottom of my heart i couldn't have done it without your encouragement and and uh, and i really appreciate it so good things all right well here's to a wonderful show and
0: a wonderful year appreciate it thanks dave While I was at the show, I had wanted to speak with some of the vendors and collectors about some of the toy pickups they've had over the years. So take a walk with me as we stop off at a few tables, as some of our good friends share some of their amazing finds. Live from the Columbus Toy Show. There are very few times that being at a toy show you could uh, you risk losing your life, and I, I just did by walking up behind my friend Mark Ryan and kind of tapping him on the shoulder, and he came at me in a very forceful <laughs> and scary way. I'm still alive to tell the tale, so I'm here with Mark Ryan. It was I, a bad
2: habit, and I've caught many friends with accidental
0: punches. <laughs> he, he, he wound up like he was going to hit me, and then he was like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm still here. I'm still good, so... Uh, yeah, as long as you don't you don't kill the moneymaker face the no, world. No, never, no, no. never. Yeah. I go for the gut or the groin. <laughs> <laughs> I am doomed either way, so um, so uh so we were talking about amazing finds. You and I met uh, met up in Carlisle, and you were telling me about some, you know, some amazing finds that you had about the Howdy Doody piece. Yep. And then uh, the weekend after Carlisle, we did the Hershey uh, Toy Show. Yep. And you had an amazing find at the Hershey Toy Show, and then it didn't stop for you until until this weekend. So. Yeah, so I had a really good week,
2: so a guy came up to me at the Hershey Toy Show and said, Hey, do you buy collections? And I was like sure so I, I had somebody cover my table by booth I walk out to his uh, minivan he had like ten boxes full of stuff right. it was uh, the 25th anniversary Joe's the foil ones the regular ones vehicles there was transformers from, from the from move.
0: what what year were the uh, one of these
2: um, 2003s I believe at least like threes th- three through seven mm-hmm. you know mainly most of them are 2007 2008 but there's a few threes mm-hmm. so yeah so they they um, I start pulling those out, and then he's, um, he happened to show me, and I'll get to this later, so he get, shows me a collector's case of the for the old LJN um, Thundercats, and I was like, I was never a big Thundercats fan, I was like, oh, okay, I didn't even bother to look at it, so I just kind of, he tossed it into a box, and we came to a deal, that had about 200 plus figures individually between Bruce Joe's, figures? no, no, oh, okay. uh, these were, so there was 200 plus Carter figures between the Joe's, the Transformers, and there was something else there's something else in there. I just can't remember what it was. And then there was additional loose figures. That mm-hmm. uh, was some Star Wars in there. Some of the '90s Star Wars okay. that was in there.
0: And right now, w- where we're standing, you have a, a table, literal full table of just Carter G.I. Joes. Yep. And then you have a big display, a, a big trans- display shelf. Yeah. And
2: I sold a bunch Transformers. of those Transformers already. Mm-hmm. I sold one. A guy came and bought those really early.
0: These are huge too, and, and these are from what 2007. Yeah, eight? like
2: the movie ones, the cartoon versions, and mm-hmm. things like that. Comic book ones so mm-hmm. that's where those came from so anyway so i get the, all that home we come to a deal i get home and i'm like going through the collection taking pictures putting them on facebook and i'm like oh i'm looking at thundercats and then i open the thundercats and now i, I hate the word rare so i'm not going to use it i hate using it i like the hard to find ones but i open up and there is captain cracker and crap uh captain shiner in there mm-hmm. which are but they didn't have their weapons but i showed you earlier Dan. yeah they're amazing condition like they were never played with i've so, never
0: seen them in better condition yeah and
2: they're they're you know, 90 to 130, depending on the market for both of me. So that was like a really big fine and I didn't expect those to be in there. And then he had some other fun cats. There was Lionel and stuff, but they was, were all jacked up.
0: And you, you had said to me um, when we were at uh, Carlisle, you're like, oh man, I'm, you know, I'm hoping to find some stuff. I'd really like to bring some new stuff and a lot of stuff to uh, the Columbus Toy Show. And at the Hershey Show, you got that fine, which is yeah, Because
2: I was worried about because I have 40 foot table And then we have like four six-foot tables going opposite ways there. So I was very concerned that we're going to have enough stuff. Mm -hmm. And I get that. So then I get home and I get contacted from a guy about having Jurassic Park stuff. So I drive. During during the week, right? During the week. So this was on a Tuesday. I went and met this guy on Wednesday. How you doing, sir? Um, And he ended up having original boxed 93 Kenner Jurassic parts. I had the T Rex, the young T Rex, which already sold, the Triceratops, and then the uh, Stegosaurus. And then he had some. Of sealed, the all stuff. sealed? Um, so the young T Rex was sealed. The older T-Rex and the Triceratops were unused but the tape was cut on the side mm-hmm. and then the Stegosaurus he was loose in there but he's the box is cut but he's still in perfect condition they have all their pieces you know the pieces are still sealed underneath yeah. so and then it had all this other Jurassic Park stuff and I mean I got a heck of a deal on that.
0: The ones that I'm seeing that you have for display for sale here at, at the Columbus the Toy boxes Show. beautiful. Man. They're The <laughs> boxes are beautiful and the figures look like they were pulled like right off the shelf from
2: 1993. Is- yeah and the, the actually the young T-Rex probably. Could have been graded, and I think it would have got an 85. Mm-hmm. But the guy who bought it was like, I don't grade, and I was like, I don't blame you because I would be afraid to send that in because it might get crushed or ripped. yeah. So we were talking about. So I got the Jurassic Park, and um, and like said, like we we're saying, the boxes are amazing on these, and I've, I mean they're they're bringing people in that and the Transformers. I mean, people are seeing those and coming right over the booth. So that's in fact,
0: as we're talking, people are looking at them right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> then on the same day, I pick up the. um The Jurassic Park, I see a guy post on one of the Facebook groups in the Marvel Legends group saying, Hey, I'm interested in selling my collection. So I hit the guy up and said, Hey, I'm coming to Ohio. I'm interested in your collection. So he and I went back and forth. He sent me a bunch of pictures and stuff, and I was like, All right, I'll buy it. He's like, All right. So he, he took a few days, thought about it, and he's like, hey, look, I, I talked to other people, and he goes, but you've been really nice, been patient with me, at cool, which pays off with people if you're patient and cool with them.
0: And you're just a genuinely nice, respectful person, which I think makes a huge difference. I appreciate that. that. <laughs> you, know, you really are. And a happy person,
2: too. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So
0: he said, I've had more off, more
2: money offers from other people, but I'm going to sell it to you for the price that we talked about. Wow. So. I met him. We pulled in. So my buddy and I, Christian, who runs the Pasadena x with me, we pulled in. As soon as we pulled into um, Ohio and in Columbus, there's a McDonald's across the street. Yes. We pulled in, and we met the guy. And that had over a 100 boxed figu- figures, Marvel Legends. And then sealed and everything. Sealed. And then it had, um, I had five... Multi packs—they were—they either had two, three, or five or four figures in it, and then I had a bunch of middle figures. Which so in total it was probably like a hundred and twenty different items, oh my God. and um, and they're selling like crazy too, which is and they're, they're just eye appealing. Yeah, people—they really what are. They are, and you know, they they look good, and so that was like I got lucky this week. Um, my, my, my wallet's been crying. Yes. And I haven't been able to buy some of the stuff that I want for my own collection. That's okay, though, because your
0: wallet's going to be very happy, I think, at the end of the I show. I hope so. But, no, and it's funny, as we're talking, too, I mean, there's just... There's been kind of a constant flow of people going through your tables and looking at everything, so...
2: Yeah, and, the, you know, that, I love... I mean I told you I love the display my I love the display stuff so I try to make it look the best. That's why I always worry about like finding a collection to display it and make it look pretty. Yeah. And then um and then people, you know, it's it's conversation. People come in, people come over and talk to me. And that I like, you know, I don't mind talking to people. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I mean that's um now that I've found three collections, I'm sure I'm gonna go on a big O for streak. <laughs> <laughs> well
0: here's right. the question, so anything that you don't sell, how are you
2: getting it home? So I had to rent another Hertz van. So um, Columbus is six and a half hours from Maryland. For So Christian and I loaded this van up, and we drove six and a half hours. Luckily, we had just enough room to fit that Marvel Legend collection in there. Um, so we should have, so hopefully, some empty bins, drive it back, and then wait for the next show. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the shows i got coming up next. I know like, I'll definitely be at the York PA show, which mm-hmm. is... Um, Nobody's been that. That's a great big show, yeah. York PA.
0: There's a show coming up. I wanted to tell you about it. It's called the uh, Pasadena Toy Expo. Oh, yeah. That's my show. Man.
2: <laughs> that's the, that's a great show. So that's uh, November 6th. That's a Saturday. It's in uh, Millersville, Maryland. So we're conveniently 15 minutes from Baltimore and Annapolis, the downtown areas. It's a one-day show. Um, we have 98 10 by 10 booths full of toys. Our last attendance was uh, a record-breaking for us. Was, we had about 1,400 people. Wow. Um, that doubled from our last show we only had about seven or eight hundred our previous show and we went all the way to 1400 but we do like christian said in the last uh uh, thing he talked about we do a lot of advertising we do uh radio stations and all that we try to get out we bring flyers all the way out here Mm -hmm. thinking you know trying we just want to build that social media thing and get it going you know people recognize the name when they see it the only problem is a lot of people see pasadena it's automatically california and then after california they think pasadena texas no this is maryland Um, so yeah, that's um, that's coming up, and then I um, probably will be at the Cincinnati show in October. And there's oh Ocean City, Maryland. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, anybody's familiar with that. They have a show that um, it's a it's a con. So that's really a Baltimore Comic Con. I might do that. I don't know. Okay. So yeah, there's a lot of different things going on. It's going to be very tiring.
0: All right, and it, so basically, like what you're saying is, if you don't sell some of this stuff today. You will have a stock table at all these other All ones.
2: these other shows, <laughs> yes. But I hope to sell all this. Okay. So I can buy some stuff for me.
0: <laughs> is, is there a piece here that you've been eyeing that yes. you. Yes.
2: So there's a sealed ad-ad. I bought a sealed Rancor. I'll have to show you that. Wow. Oh, um, I forgot to tell you that. Oh, oh, well, yeah. Hello there. Okay. oh yeah. It's in okay. that bin right there. A okay. sealed Rancor. And the deal I got
0: on that, David? Oh, my. How's this? Uh, just you go take a walk for a second, get something to eat. Uh, it's my treat, and I'll just watch your booth for a second. It's and beautiful. I that the the box
2: is amazing. Wow. So I was like, yeah, I was pretty mm, excited. Okay. Um, but I, there's a sealed ad-at I might buy. Okay. Uh, and uh, and then the, so I collect Knickerbocker Lord of the Rings. So I have the whole complete loose set graded, mm-hmm. which you can find a picture of that on the C S C A S website. Yes. Um, that's my plug for my buddy Ross Bar. <laughs> Hello, and, Ross. Uh, <laughs> and then um, there's a carded Frodo. So I'm trying to get them all carded. So oh, I don't cool. have. Fro- proto yet so there's one over there i'm thinking about buying we'll see what happens yep so that you know i just i've read my news I downsized my collection so i'm only focusing on stuff and of course i didn't find any lj and dungeon and dragons so still, you know, looking. still looking still looking That's okay. um other than that you know i do my i have a um my own facebook group inconceivable toys so i do that and that keeps me busy
0: and that group's been growing too which is nice yes yes so yeah um I don't know if I have anything else. <laughs> I hope you're able to get the photo and the and the Ad Ad, and Me too. Uh, I can't wait to okay, bring home my new Rancor. Right yeah, it's starting to get really crowded. So, all right, I'm going to let you go back That's to pleasure. doing what you're doing, which is being my awesome. Friend. Yes, it was a pleasure yes, sir, talking you to you, and uh, we'll see. good luck for the rest of the day. Bye. Thank you. will be amazing. I'm here with the gentleman that I actually met at the show probably what two or three years ago, probably, something like that. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Eric Baker. Um, who uh, seems to always set up around Dylan Greer and Zach right Curtis? Between Dylan and Zach, yeah. Gregory. So two other guys it. that we know, and um, so I asked I asked Eric if he would share um, uh, a story about
4: an amazing find that he's had, and, and he started to tell me about it. And I said, "Yeah, I think that one works." So. Okay, okay. So, uh, well, I would just kind of set the stage. It was a guy. He's 75 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been he started Star Wars back in the 90s before everything just went crazy, and. Uh, bought a massive collection where they've sat in his house, and him and I have hooked up, and um, he, some of the things that he's shown me, unused A-Wing, unused Skiff, uh, a sealed Death Star, a sealed Death Darth Vader Star Destroyer, uh, early Bird Kid. Wait, did you say sealed Death Star? Uh, sealed Death Star. Sitting in my basement right now. Uh, a 21-back Boba Fett. Um... Just it just goes on and on and on. I mean, and I've probably spent thirty thousand dollars with the guy, uh, but he just keeps pulling it out. He, he calls me about once a week and says, "Here's what I found, and here's how much I want." And I just say yes or no. And carded figures as well. Oh, carded. There's a couple for here from him. Uh, Twenty backs, twelve backs, uh, all the way up through Empire. He had uh sealed you know the, the fire cart from the Ewoks uh, play school preschool uh, just he just bought a little bit of absolutely everything sealed models I mean I, and he's just he's he's an older gentleman now and he's just, just ready out. to get rid of it yeah the market is right and it's the time and um it's funny we actually meet in a Wendy's parking lot <laughs> and I have given him a, in one shot I have given him up to like seven thousand dollars wow. counting it out in a Wendy's parking lot I I always feel like we're, you know, drug that, dealers. That can
0: buy a lot of chicken nuggets. Yeah, exactly, really, exactly.
4: So, it's uh, just been crazy, and he keeps, once a week he calls, and I'm getting ready to go pick up his early bird set, um, all in original shipping boxes, double telescoping. With original shipping boxes? With original shipping boxes, uh, the backers, everything, you know, the paperwork, it's, it's just been crazy, and it's been fun. I mean, I keep a lot, and I sell a lot to kind of offset, and but I, you know, I, since he's, he's older, he doesn't use computers. I work with them on the price. I show them what they go for, and I, I think I've been very fair with them because I'm, I don't, you know, I've been wow, because it's just been such great stuff. So, um, I don't oh my, droids, wow! So this this goes all the way into the, the droids and Ewoks line. I, I mean, just everything: mini rigs, figures, games. He loves merchandise. I mean, all in all, I'd say. If you count even the small stuff, you know the the books and the merchandise and models. I mean, it has to have been like a hundred pieces. Uh, great guy, Love talking You've to him. You've picked up a hundred pieces so far. Oh, at least. Okay, at and least. then and then there's much more to come. Now I spread the wealth. I've got a couple friends I bring with me because mm-hmm. obviously, um, I like I said I've been paying the guy a very very fair yes. amount because a lot of them are for me and they're just so uncommon. I mean. To- all unused I mean just tape cut never touched so many boxes I was the first person to lift that lid on which is just a great feeling Um, so I brought a couple other guys because I can't buy everything Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah I mean my basement is just overflowing now with stuff I've kept and like I said he knows I sell some on the side Mm to kind of offset but um, for the money he's getting he's fine with yeah oh yeah yeah. and you have that early bird coming along I do have the early bird coming uh, Thursday I had to gather some cash for Mm -hmm. that um, at the show um, but I'm excited about that. Um, what
0: was your, you, you've been doing the, the Columbus show for a while. So what was your
4: favorite pickup from, from this show over the years? Oh, my favorite. God, there's so many of them. Uh, um, probably, and it's not even that expensive. I just loved it. Yeah. It was in a sealed uh, My Pen Monster, the original 84 My Pen Monster in the box. And, it's one of the most um, iconic toys from Yeah, our I mean, you know, not a crazy price, maybe now, but back then it wasn't. But it's just you yeah. don't see a lot in the because the box was just so big and bulky. Yeah. Um, so I would say that's probably one of my favorites. But I mean, I picked. I've got over a hundred Star Wars mocks in my collection, and I, I can't tell you how many I picked up at Columbus. A lot uh, throughout the years. I'm and the
0: same way too. Yeah. Yeah. There's something so, about Columbus.
4: Yeah. No. No. I, you know, I help people. You're in Kenner Country. Yeah. Um. So we were an hour and a half up the road. So. So Eric, you had mentioned that um, you have a shop, and you're also part of a, a Facebook group. Uh, we have a brick and mortar uh, in downtown Delaware, Ohio. So central Ohio, right uh, on Sandusky Street, right by Thermos, under Thurman's. You know, the famous. Uh, been on the food channel Mm -hmm. so we're right by that and then we have a Facebook group uh, the Toy Hive Oh, very cool. And, and what kind of stuff is on the toy hive? Uh We have an auction almost every night, a live auction. Uh, we do not just Star Wars. I kind of specialize in Star Wars, but you can get He-Man, G.I. Joe, Transformers, video games, comics. I mean, we, we try to do a varied amount. Uh, my shop is on every Tuesday, but we have auctioneers almost every night. And anyone can join the toy house. Anybody can join the toy house. Oh, absolutely. Uh, hive. Perfect. All
0: right. Well, I hope you sell a whole bunch of stuff. And I hope you're still able to get a lot of more stuff from that, that gentleman. It sounds like you guys have a good partnership going on, so yeah. may it continue for a long time. Yeah, sounds great.
4: All right, hey, All right. thank you so much. much. No yeah, thanks for taking the no time problem. out today. Thank
0: you. So one of the blessings that we get from being here at the Columbus Toy Show is we get amazing people who come in uh, from from out of the state and out of the country as well, too. And I'm with a good friend, Luis Villagomez, and I'm so glad to be standing with you. Uh, I've heard that you've had a fantastic show for hunting so far. So how are you doing?
3: Yeah, it's, it's been really, really good. Um, I'm trying to come every year, but mm-hmm. since the pandemic stuff... Uh, Uh, you know the last year wasn't possible right so um, I'm very happy to come back here and it's always good to just spend time with friends and stuff but the show it's amazing it's amazing there's a lot of people you can find a lot of really good stuff Mm -hmm. and um, I just found a couple prototypes for my girlfriend um, she collects strawberry shortcake. Yeah. So I found a couple first shot. So that's where
0: do you find strawberry shortcake prototypes other than here in, in Ohio? That's yeah, amazing.
3: right. And, and I think one of the thing is is we're, we're so close to Cincinnati, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people around who comes mm-hmm. from Cincinnati, and they bring stuff, good stuff, for here, right? Cool. So
0: yeah. And Luis, where are you coming from? Tell
3: everyone. Um, I'm coming from Queretaro, Mexico. It's very close to Mexico City. It's like three hours driving. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah.
0: I think you win for for traveling the farthest for for a toy show. Of here. course, and <laughs> I, I
3: I have a lot of friends here, so yeah. I spend some time with them, and yeah, I I do a couple things that besides the show, but the show it's the main thing that to come here, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: <laughs> and so. Uh, I know yesterday I saw you and I said, how are you doing so far? Have you picked up anything? And you said a lot of stuff.
3: A lot of stuff, What kind of stuff did you... I I have a toy store down there. What's the name of your toy store? uh, It's called Tesoros de la Historia, Treasures from the History. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I tried to buy some stuff for the store. And, yeah, I find many, many stuff. The prices are pretty good. Uh, All the sellers are pretty flexible on Mm -hmm. prices and stuff. So it's a lot of fun. Oh,
0: that's great. Yeah. Is there anything in particular, like, can you give people an idea of some some of the kind of stuff that you found? Well,
3: um, I mainly do vintage stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, like 70s and 80s. But I'm starting a little bit on the early 90s Mm -hmm. because I have a lot of customers doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, And my collection is based on prototypes and Masters of the Universe and Star Wars. And those are really hard to find, but uh, even in these shows, you can find little things here and there.
0: So, I've seen some pieces of your collection, and you you own amazing stuff, and you own stuff that I look at as treasured and historical pieces. Um... You and I were talking about some amazing finds, and you said you have a few of them. So uh, what would you like to share with us as far as an amazing find, whether it's from a show or just you know over the years? Well,
3: I've been collecting for a long time, and there's a lot of species that are very, very special for me. Uh, but one of them is a William George painting that I actually picked up. From here, from Ohio, wow. um, a friend of mine had it, and I flew all the way through here to pick it up in person. Mm-hmm. So that's a good story about Ohio. I, I love Ohio, and I have this uh, attachment to this painting that it's so cool. It's a Frisian painting, mm-hmm. so. It's, it's cool
0: <laughs> if you've ever seen the box it, it, it's not it's not cool it's the coolest it's one of the coolest pieces I've ever seen if you've ever seen the box to the original fright zone uh, it is is painted beautifully it is so gorgeous and then to see this this uh, painting that you have and you have it framed I believe in like a gold gold frame Correct. and it is it, it just it is a true work of art and it's just it's one of the most stunning pieces uh, of toy related uh, memorabilia I've ever seen in my life
3: yeah that's why I fall in love with masters of the universe when I was a kid because the- art, it's just beautiful. Beautiful. And it's kind of like obscure and kind of like probably something kind of weird for kids. It's yeah. too dark and that's why I fell in love.
0: It's, it's dark and it's very uh, realistic looking and yet yes. it... it um, uh, he, used, he used paint in a beautiful way yeah. where it feels almost like it's from maybe like an, an older storybook or yeah. from something like uh, either Lord of the Rings or uh, Frank Frazetta Hello, or... One, two, Right. So on the painting, what is your favorite part of the painting?
3: Well, I'm a, I'm a tattoo artist, mm-hmm. so I love art. Mm-hmm. So I know when I see a good piece of art. And William George was just an amazing artist. Amazing artist. And he's He's very well-known for uh, Masters of the Universe art, mm-hmm. but he was doing another stuff in the 60s and 70s, so he's a very well-known artist around the world, and sadly, he passed away a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, but the art is still around, and, and it, it's it's an honor to have something like that in my home, you yes. know? yeah.
0: And I've always found with his stuff, and I think it's what excited us the most, they when they were packaging the He-Man stuff, a lot of times it wasn't about the toy that was inside, it was this painting that that you could look at and you could stare at it for hours and it told this story that was somewhat mysterious yeah. and then you, your imagination would fill in the gaps.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's something different from now because in, um, in the 70s and 80s people really do a lot of art in the packaging and I think that's something we're losing right now and you you can imagine when you go to the, gold, the a toy store, and just look in all these packages, you can just imagine in like different worlds, you know. And Absolutely, it, and I, I love that about well, 70s and 80s toys, right? Yeah,
0: whereas now toys they kind of tell you what they are, straightforward, yeah, correct. Um, and then did you, um, so I know you have a ton of, of uh, Star Wars pieces as well. Have you ever had like a really good Star Wars find? Uh, Well,
3: lately, last year, um, I found out a former employee from Little Lady, that's the Mexican factory, and I found a uh, Boba Fett, unpainted Boba Fett, non-sonic weld. Oh my gosh! Wow. So that was a really good piece. <laughs> yeah. And n- right now it's with Tom Derby, mm-hmm. so he's grading it and all that stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Is he casing it in a special way for you? or Anything particular? Yeah, I like I like
3: the case, the big case with the coil with the certificate, you know. Mm-hmm. So and it
0: has like the laser cut. Correct. Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Wow. Oh, well, I can't wait to see that. That's awesome.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm excited about it.
0: Congrats. So how long are you going to be here uh, in the States? I'm going to be here till 14,
3: September 14, because I'm going to fly to L.A. for PowerCon. Very nice. Okay,
0: well, I hope you have a fantastic time at PowerCon. It's a blessing to see you, and I look forward to the next time we get together. Thank you very much. So one of the things I always look forward to coming out to Columbus is that I know I'm going to run into Ryan Lemkel. Ryan has uh, an incredible table, an incredible array of vintage toys. Uh, How many tables do you have, Ryan?
5: Uh, We have six here today, I believe. So
0: only six, yes. And, uh, and the largest sign probably in the, in,
5: the, in the building as well, too. Well, we have to be recognized,
0: Absolutely, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, you brought some incredible stuff with you. If you want to tell people kind of what you have here.
5: Yeah, um, just a little bit of everything really. Um, whether you collect Masters of the Universe, Star Wars, Ghostbusters, Gremlins, Ninja Turtles, um, you know, there's a little bit of something for everybody. Uh, and, and that's what's really cool about The Columbus Show is there's not just one specific thing that people hone in on. It's multiple collections from multiple genres from different years and a little bit for everybody here.
0: And you have, um, we're we're sitting in front of three display cases that are filled with carded figures ranging from Star Wars all the way up to Power of the Force. Uh, I think I counted two uh, carded Luke Stormtroopers that you have
5: here uh, as well. That's correct, we do. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we've just kind of... uh, been purchasing as much as we could lately and uh, decided that this was the right show to bring uh, some of the best stuff we have to offer um, to help release back into the community and to other collectors out there. And uh, in fact, sitting right in front of us, I mean, it's not Star Wars related, but we have uh, uh, unproduced gargoyles vehicle, mitten box came from a Kenner guy. Wow. Um, so some of that kind of stuff is just really cool to look at. You're never going to see it again. Um, Not every day.
0: So you mentioned to me that you had an amazing find. You started to tell me about it, and I said, we need to record this. Uh, So,
5: Yeah, so uh, like I said, a couple years ago, uh, we were contacted by a police officer in downtown Cincinnati that had uh, kind of accumulated figurines from, you know, purchases in the 90s from the flea market and garage sales and just tidbits here and there. And uh, it was time that he, you know, he saw the, the market was getting hotter, that the the interest in the Star Wars was was getting you know bigger, and that was right after Disney purchased uh, the rights to Star Wars. So, with that said, he was ready to sell his collection. We were happy to oblige. We met up with him. We based, I think there was 500 figures in the collection. Wow. It was a good amount of stuff. Um, everything was singularly bubble wrapped and put into separate bags. So if there were Darth Vader's, the Darth Vader's were all in one bag and so on and so forth. And uh, we went through, or we, we, we paid X amount of money for the collection based on just a specific number for every single figure. We added it all up and that's what we offered on it. Assuming that they were all production pieces. And uh, when we finally brought the bin home and started going through it, we were, we were digging around and my brother pulled out a bag of, of Jawas. And, of course, I'm, my fingers are crossed, and I'm, and I'm hoping, oh, there better be a Vano Cape Jawa in here. That would be amazing, amazing find. Of course, there wasn't. And I was like, wah, wah. And uh, the next bag we pulled out was one figure wrapped in bubble wrap. And I, I noticed it was, it was brown. I'm like, well, that's not, not a Yoda. So uh, I went ahead and unwrapped it. And to our surprise, shock and just utter... I don't even know how to explain the feeling. Amazement. Amazement, yeah. Uh, Sean and I started dancing around like we were 10-year-old kids again, (laughs) giving each other high fives while his kids are in bed. It's 11 o'clock at night, and we're screaming like little (laughs) schoolgirls. And uh, people are probably wondering what was so amazing about it. (laughs) It was a Jawa. No. uh, It it, uh, was a first-shot pre-production Jawa. And to make it even crazier than that, it had a... And it's been verified by other collectors in the hobby. A hand-cut vinyl cape made of pre-production vinyl material. Right. So, the, so it's it's a more textured cape. Correct. Uh, if you were, I would, if I was to compare it, I compare it to one of those lighter type of materials they use for like a um, like a shower. Uh, you know, like in your bathroom, like a shower. A shower p- curtain. A shower curtain. Yeah, that's the word I wanted. Sure. Uh, um, so that was just an amazing piece of course it's in dis- uh, on display in our collection and uh it was just really cool now we keep digging we're like oh my god like this was just the coolest thing ever I wonder if there's more in here we keep digging we dig find a bag of vaders darth vaders and the first thing that hits my mind is wouldn't it be so cool if there was a, a, a double telescoping darth vader in this bag and uh you know of course like that's not gonna happen right So we're digging through this bag, and I picked up a Vader that the tip was broken off, or so I thought. And when I looked vertically down the the front of the saber, I realized that it was hollow all the way through. And I remember cupping it in my hand, looking at my brother, cupping it again, looking at my brother, (laughs) cupping it again, looking at my brother and going... I can't even say explicit, explicit, explicit. Uh and just jump it up and down and he's like what 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 and i'm like dude it's a dt vader it's a dt vader <laughs> but of course there was no filament we didn't care i no. mean um, it's just cool to say you found a dt vader in the wild unexpected this is off a random purchase and of course it's now in our collection as well so so yeah some really cool stuff has uh has kind of fallen into our laps in that case um so yeah that's
0: awesome uh ah, well thank you for sharing an amazing find how's the show been uh, so far for you
5: the show's been awesome. Uh, we've uh, done pretty well. Um, people are buying all types of different stuff, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, one of my one of my favorite shows definitely is the CTS show. James does a great job on promoting the show. And in fact, when I met my, my girlfriend and brought her to, I believe it was her second toy show that she had ever been to, uh, she actually bought me a gift at the CTS show here in Columbus, which was a piece I needed for my own collection, because a lot of people don't realize I collect other things other than Star Wars, of course. I have a little side collections, and one of them is Gremlins, uh, LJN Gremlins, and I needed a stripe, 18-inch stripe in the box, sealed. And Leah found it for me here at the CTS show. So cool.
2: right behind us. Right, right behind
5: us. We literally searched over the entire show. Everyone kept saying there's one in the show somewhere. <laughs> literally, if we turned our chairs around, it was behind us the whole time. But I had to go to the other side of the building to find out that it was behind us. Crazy. So the stuff's here. And that's why you're here. And of course, it's great as always seeing you here, uh, Mr. Quinn, uh, man of smiles, nice guy in the world.
0: So in addition to uh, amazing finds, you also had an amazing sale today. And I've heard uh, numerous people talking about it as well, because it's, it's a piece that we don't normally see at a toy show like this, uh, or maybe at normal toy shows. But at, at Columbus, you know, something like this does tend to pop up, which is great. And uh, so what did you just sell?
5: So, like I said earlier, we try to bring a little bit of something for everybody. And that's just not the genres of the types of toys that we bring or the toy lines and so on and so forth. We try to hit every spectrum of pricing for the customer in rarity. So with that said, yeah, today we brought a 21-back Boba Fett. And uh, yeah, we just sold that to a lucky to a not I would say lucky buyer, but lucky that he got it from us first because we did have a lot of interest in it. Yeah. Uh, he happily was you know able to purchase that today, and he left happy. We're happy, and it's like it like you said, it's not a piece that you see at a toy show. That's something that usually exchanges hands either privately or on Facebook or on you know eBay. But that's the fun of being able to come to a show like this, find that holy grail, oh, well, and actually be able to walk out with it in hand.
0: All right, so I'm going to, I uh, have probably another hour, hour and a half or whatever of walking around but Brian, I'm so glad that we got a chance to do this today and uh, I have a feeling I'm going to be seeing you and Leah very shortly in about a month or so at uh, at Cincinnati. Yeah.
5: You will, Mr. SDQ. <laughs> okay. Sweet David Quinn. <laughs>
0: okay. I still have my you know button too to wear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that, there's always representing the button, sure. No,
5: it's, it's always good seeing you here, uh, Mr. Quinn, and uh, you know, if you guys aren't here today and you're jealous book that plane flight come on out here i have some friends that actually flew in here from florida just for this show they said it was more than worth their while they're having a blast and uh there's some other guys that came in from california some other guys that came in from mexico Mm -hmm. people know that this is the show to come to and they choose that one show the entire year they're going to leave their country their state whatever it is for this is that show to come to
0: totally worth it every single time I've never walked away i've never walked away disappointed i've never even walked away where i've just felt kind of blah about it it's been one of the best shows every year
5: and even if you don't buy anything yeah. you still walk away with knowledge new it's friends true.
0: absolutely look it at that right like, on cue hey we're friends it's like you
5: wrote that or something no i'm kidding uh but yeah it, it's a great show and we hope to see you guys here hopefully in the future um and I'll see anybody that's listening to this. Hopefully you guys will come to the Cincinnati show uh October. Yeah. So looking forward to it. Good stuff. All right. Thanks, David.
0: Another staple of these uh Ohio shows is my good buddy Warren Rayberg, who has uh who's uh kind of in that in that younger demographic, who has who has started collecting and has been collecting for a long time and is a serious collector. Um he has his table here, which looks absolutely incredible. I've, I've never seen so many loose-bagged, really kind of high-grade, high-quality, modern Star Wars figures. And that makes me so happy. Warren, it's so good to see you again.
6: It's good to see you too, David. So my name is Warren, like David said. I go by The Ohio Nerd. Uh, And I love these toy shows. Uh, Toy shows and toy collecting have always been something that I've been doing since I was a little kid. Uh, And what I really love about it is the people and the community. Uh, This is a hobby like no other. I find that you can just talk to anyone from any leg of life. And if you have that commonality of toys, it's like you have that second language that you can go to and connect over. Absolutely, yeah. And it's been really cool. And I really appreciate David having me on today. Okay, so you had
0: mentioned to me that you had a pretty amazing find.
6: So one of my favorite finds, uh, so it just has a little bit of story to go with it. So as being in college right now, I'm 23 years old. I've been collecting for all my life. It's something I really love to do. Well, I was talking over at, with an alumni event about collecting toys and that I'm always looking to buy toys. Well, this woman was there with her husband, and she goes, oh, my husband has all his toys from he was a kid in our basement at home. You should come over. So she invited me to their place, and I talked to the husband. He invited me over, and I went down to their basement. I was going through their collection. And it was a mass collection, and this guy had a complete mass collection. We're talking everything from the first series all the way down to the split seconds. And it was all in pristine shape. He was talking about how he loved them, how he took care of all of them, and they were all complete. It was crazy, all in a pristine condition. He said he only broke one as a kid, and he was able to convince his mom to buy him a second one. So even there was two of those, of the Goliaths. And they were all... He said, just open them up and put them on the shelf because he just loved looking at the cars. Well... We made a deal for that. And then he goes, oh yeah, by the way, my mom kept all the boxes. I don't know if you want those or not. And he pulls out a stack of folded down boxes of every one of the mass vehicles. It was absolutely crazy. Wow! And were they in nice shape? Oh, they are in great shape. That collection has been something that I have kept some pieces, I've sold some pieces, and it's just been one of my favorite finds to think that I got that random find through uh, my college, just talking to an alumni.
0: It's perfect. It's perfect college connection. Yeah.
6: With the current spike in vintage prices, so I'm going to college, I sell some collectibles to help pay for my college because going to school Something is going to be really expensive. That and hurts. I go to school for pharmaceutical and healthcare business at Ohio Northern University, and. So I'm just going through and find the figures that, you know, you don't need five Lumats, okay? You just don't need it. So it's like, I can sell some of those. Let me make sure I have all the different COOs, but then, you know, sell all the doubles and triples. But I was going through and I was looking at all my uh, 3PO's, which 3PO's a great figure. You can usually find a 3PO figure out for a deal. So I just amassed a bunch and I was going through and I was like, wait a minute, this is a weird COO. I've never seen this before. So I was looking and it's a, a removable limbs 3PO that has no COO on its legs. So I got on the COO guides and it wasn't on there. So then I went to another COO guide online and it wasn't on there. So then I started looking at some forms. I couldn't find anything about it on there. So I was like, this this might be something actually good. So I showed it to my friend uh, Brian Angel and Brian Angel's like, Warren, I think this might be a first shot. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And then I showed it to uh, some other people, and I've heard a couple people say they think it is, and a few people say maybe. So I'm going to be bringing that with me to Cincinnati to get looked at. But that would be an absolutely crazy find because it would be something I bought when I was a kid collecting. I've been collecting vintage since I was a little kid. I got my dad's hand-me-downs, and it's been something of just going to toy shows, going to flea markets, and piecing that together my whole life. And it's going to just be a crazy find to think that if it would get authenticated by AFA, That's something I just picked up randomly in a bin somewhere along the way, and that would just be, just kinda bonkers to think about.
0: That's incredible. It's amazing because you don't see first shots. like They they don't just normally pop up, right? And we don't see a lot of them. And so for you to have something like this that could be, uh, I'm going to be following this closely because it's so exciting. And I guess we'll find out in Cincinnati.
6: Yeah, and that's one of the great things about living in Ohio. So I go by Ohio Nerd. I'm on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can check me out there. And... Being in Ohio, we're here with Kinder Country. We're at the heart of the toys. I always joke, this is the toy mecca. If you're a toy collector, you need to make the trip out to Ohio whether it be to the Columbus Toy Show, the Cincinnati Toy Show, uh, there's the Great Ohio Toy Show. We have so many toy shows here and so many opportunities to come out. Even if it's not about the collectibles for you, you're going to meet so many people out here. That's how I ran into David. Yeah. David is an absolute amazing friend of mine. He's a great guy. And it's just like people like David, yeah, you can be friends with them on Facebook because I think we were friends before, yeah. but it wasn't yeah. the same. Yeah. Once you meet these people, they really become your brother and you form that bond. And it's just an amazing experience. And I highly recommend whether it be a small local show or a trip across the country. It is worth it to go to these events.
0: And I know I mention this to you all the time, but at the last Cincinnati show, we all went out to eat. We went to like a Ruby Tuesdays, which was in the parking lot of the hotel where the uh, the room sales were, um, right before the room sales. And there was maybe like six of us, five or six of us, and we had the absolute best time i can 't remember laughing you know harder and uh, and we just it was like one of those moments that i 'll just never forget and when I think about the show that 's the first thing that pops up so i'm so glad we had a chance to do that. We did that with uh, Trent and Corey Bailey, brother and sister turned lovers and uh, and Zach Curtis uh, it was just it was one of the most special times that we had
6: yeah and it 's just It's those experiences. You can't get those online. And with the pandemic going on, everyone's been so far apart. We definitely need to make sure we're staying safe. But we also can't miss out on these interactions and human connections that are happening. They're just what makes it so special and worthwhile.
0: Absolutely. And the fact that we're here now makes it really special. Thank you so much, Warren, for doing this. I'm glad we got a chance to hang out for a while, too. And I love your booth. I can't wait to see uh, what what stuff you bring at the next show and and the next show after that.
6: Thank you so much, David, for having me on. Make sure to check me out on YouTube, guys. Hit subscribe. Uh, We're about ready to do a giveaway here when we hit 1,000 subscribers. So if you want to go check that out, that'd be awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you again.
0: By one o'clock, I knew it was time for me to leave. I gave myself a half hour to do some last-minute shopping and to say goodbye to those with whom I had spent the weekend. I carried a bin of the items I had purchased that morning back to my car. It was not a huge haul, but I was thankful for each piece I had the opportunity to buy. In total, I had picked up six carded figures from The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and Power of the Force. Two blue snaggletooth figures, an Ewoks animated wicket, and a Luke Jedi with a cape. The weekend had been so hectic that I never had the chance to examine the cape, and to my wonderful surprise, it turned out to be a snap cape, which I had been hunting for a while. And in addition to those items, I had picked up the three 6-inch Black Series First Order Stormtrooper samples with tracking numbers on their heads. I ran back into the venue and walked up and down each aisle to speak with each person I knew one last time before leaving. I had a hard time saying goodbye this time. In the past, it was easier because I knew I'd be back a month later for the Cincinnati show, or that I would return in the spring for the Columbus show. But when I left Cincinnati in 2019, I had no idea that the goodbyes I said were for the long term as there are many friends I still haven't seen since that weekend. So instead of saying goodbye, I just tried to have one last quick conversation with as many friends as possible. We'd talk about the show, and some of them showed me what they picked up that morning. Others talked about upcoming shows, or what was on the horizon at work and in general for the next few weeks. And with others, I wanted to keep the focus light and upbeat, and if possible, wanted to have a few moments to laugh with them. There was an energy to the show that made leaving feel okay. That light to which we once flocked hadn't been extinguished. Instead, it was simply turned off for a while. The bulb unscrewed to cool for a bit, almost as a way to preserve that energy. And when the time was right... James Ford and those who worked with him to construct this weekend returned the bulb back to its chamber and flipped the switch on again. And that light shone brighter than before, resonating across a room of more than 440 tables, past Jem and Sergeant Slaughter, and even past the man who shot Luke Skywalker, and was felt beyond the walls of the Lausch building for far longer than merely a weekend— The Columbus Toy Show was back. On my way back to my hotel in Pennsylvania, and after stopping at Melman's for a final time for a late lunch, I reflected on my time at the Columbus Toy Show and what it was like to be back there again. I just left the Columbus Toy Show. Uh, I've lost my voice a little bit, which seems to happen at these shows, especially when it's pretty loud. Um, I had a fantastic time. I'm exhausted. My feet are hurting. I sound like an old person, but my feet are hurting. Uh, I walked so much and so much and so much. Um, I helped two friends, two different friends set up yesterday. Uh, One as soon as I got to the show and then one later on. Um, and the second one was a a little tougher of a, of a haul and it had gotten, believe it or not, even warmer. Um, so (laughs) I, I was, I was exhausted by that point. Um, I, I think I was trying to figure out how much I've walked today and I probably, I probably walked a few miles today overall, just going up and down the aisles, um, back and forth. It was nice being back at a show. If I were going to name three things that I missed, that maybe I'd forgotten that I that I really missed, um, it would be just being able to go behind tables. But so the way it works is you have these aisles, and then you have cellars that are basically back to back, each one facing an adjacent aisle, and I've gotten to know so many people that. It's I I forgot about how natural this is and how how normal it is, but um, to be able to go behind the tables to sit and you know and, and to, to stand with somebody to talk with them uh, to have a conversation with them, whether it's for the podcast or you know just hanging out as well. Um, I had a number of, of vendors, friends, and sellers to say to me, "Hey, I want to show you something," you know, and it, uh, uh, one of my friends, Christian he I didn't get to I don't think I got to have a conversation with him for the episode for Amazing Finds uh today but I I got to hang out with him for a while and, and he's doing really well and he was really excited he said hey I have I have some pieces I want to show you and so we kind of went behind his area and he crouched under the table and pulled out a, a bin and inside he had a still sealed um, Return of the Jedi Biker Scout Blaster, which was a, a blaster that um, it, it's you know it's a life-size blaster essentially you know for a child um, to to use you know in in, in playing pretend you know that, that they're a biker scout and um, you rarely see them come up and so it was just really nice to see it still in the package. I never had one as a child, so I was able to to see it. Like it, it actually has a scope that you can look through, and I believe the at the at the end the lens is is a red lens um and it just you know it, it as a as a toy for a child in the 80s um i'm i'm sorry that i never had it or never got to experience playing with it because it's a really really cool piece and it looks exactly like uh, the biker scout blasters that were used in the films um you know maybe in slightly different colors and the ones in the films didn't have the return of the jedi logo on it but they looked fantastic And so I forgot that that's one of the parts of the show is is to go back behind the tables with friends and, you know, to to have them pull out things. Another friend pulled out some artwork that was some of the most impressive and amazing artwork, original art that I've seen, you know, for some of the, for one or two of the vintage lines, Um, you know, and it's just, it's moments like that that just make a show even more special. So that would be one. Another one would be the sheer size of a show like this. A lot of times the local toy shows we go to are, are smaller events and reasonably so. And when you have something like this, it's almost like going from an amusement park around your, your area to traveling to Disney World and just seeing the, the size and scope and detail um, and everything that makes it kind of magical. And so, you know, going to a show like this where there are literally hundreds of tables and every table was stacked. I mean, there weren't any tables where they had, you know, a handful of items on it. I mean, they were just, there were bins and buckets and boxes that were filled with loose items, with carded pieces, um, every type of toy you could think of. And I mean, they really had everything, I would say from the 1950s all the way up till today, you know, till... To the latest releases in Target and Walmart. So, that sheer scope is amazing. And I think for the final one, it really is the, the random conversations that happen, you know, and the, and the random run ins and, and meeting people, you know, especially for the first time. Um, so, when I was at the show, I met Sam Sams, who I had been in touch with through Facebook, but we had never been together in person. And so standing next to him and getting to talk to him and getting to, you know, to, to just know him that way was really cool. Uh, and I also ran into another guy, uh, SC Taylor, who was incredibly nice and uh, he, had, he had very kind words to say about the podcast, which is really cool and you know, we got a chance to, to, to talk and, um, you know, stuff like that. Again, just just meeting somebody that maybe you know as as a name on Facebook or you've spoken to them on Facebook, uh, but you've never actually met in person. And then to meet at a toy show, where in addition to discussing the things you love, you're standing amidst the things that you love, uh, and and the whole hunt and the community as well. And so it was just it was nice to to meet people for the first time to see people again that I hadn't seen in two years. There were some people uh, like like Warren Clifton, uh, Clifton Boggs, um, a fellow Ahsoka fan, um, who I knew were going to be there, and so I was looking forward to, to spending some time and catching up with them. And then there were people that I met at the show that, you know, just sometimes after not being there for two years, you not that you forget them, but you forget what the show looks like, or, or, you know, it's it's hard to remember everybody when you try to think back to the show, but then as soon as you step into the show, and a lot of people have, you know, booths in, in similar spots, seeing them, running back into them again, you know, and being reminded of, of, of them and, and um, getting to spend time with them was, was amazing. Um, I ran into a couple that remembered me from two years ago, because I had helped them uh, place certain accessories, you know, I think they they needed help with either identifying Star Wars accessories or authenticating them, and I was able to help them, and that stuck out in their minds. And when they saw me, they instantly started talking to me, and they made me feel like family, you know, like that like, that that um, you know, that that we were old friends coming back together again, and it was so nice, you know, a lot of times. When you meet people, if you remember them, you kind of look and you go, well, I don't I don't know if this person would remember me, you know, because we met, you know, a few months ago. That happened with me and, and Zach Curtis. When I first met him, we met at the Columbus Toy Show and then the Cincinnati Toy Show in 2017. And when I was coming back to the Toy Show in 2018, in March, so all those months later, I wrote him and I said, I don't know if you remember me, but we met and I, I explained how we met. And he immediately remembered me, and I thought, okay, we have a friendship here. I'm so thankful for everyone that I, I had the chance to speak with, to, especially to laugh with, to connect with, um, some really, really nice memories that I'm taking with me from this. And, uh, you know, again, I can't stress how important toy shows are for collectors you know, to have a chance to shop for stuff, but really to, to connect with other people who share that same love and that same passion. Here are three things that I did not miss about a larger show that I had really forgotten about. Number one, I would say is the, 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 loading and unloading for vendors. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not a vendor myself, but I, in helping people set up, um, it is. It's a lot of work, and and I think I think doing it in the summertime uh, is is pretty rough, and it's it's probably pretty rough in the in the fall and winter when you're dealing with things like especially rain and snow, but um, but the, the the setup and basically nonstop sweating and and bringing in you know tons of of heavy bins and boxes. Uh, makes it a little challenging. It's something that, you know, we often don't think about when we think of a toy show, especially if, if you've never sold at a toy show before or helped somebody set up. Um, you know, we just, we see the show together and everyone has nice pieces out and arranged and, and that's how we see the show. Um, but yeah, so a lot of work goes into it. Uh, and especially with the larger shows, you're dealing with much more space that you have to traverse inside and outside, you know, just to, to bring stuff in and then to get across the venue. Um, and again, none of this is negative about the Columbus show at all. Uh, this is just, you know, things that we things that we don't think about with larger shows, right? And especially, you know, being being away from a show for so long and then doing it. Uh, so that's that's the first. The second is how truly tiring it is. And I don't say that as a complaint. I, I say it more as like, I really forgot how much exercise it takes or how much exercise you get and how much physical endurance it takes uh, to do a show. It's, you know, a lot of times setting up the day before and being there for a number of hours. I think we were there yesterday for five hours. And in that time, in addition to setting up, you're, you know, walking around with people, you're talking to people and you could really put on a few miles uh, over the course of a, of, a, of a day at setup, and then during the show, I would say you know, if people did one full lap up and down each aisle in this entire show, that's probably half a mile. I don't even know what it would be, but I mean it, it's it's a lot. And I, I know for me, I, I probably did six or seven trips, maybe maybe ten trips, you know, up and down the aisle over the from from the time I got there at about 7.30 until the time I left at one thirty. Now, again, stopping in between to talk to people, but there was a lot of trips up and down, you know, and some were, you know, kind of walking fast, and then some were, you know, kind of ambling through. But, um, so, yeah, I, my feet are killing me now, which, uh, when you're driving, you know, for a long distance and you have your, your foot on the gas, like, it's in a certain position that uh, feels really kind of strange and awkward right now, so... That would be the second. And I think the final thing that I forgot about a show was how quickly the time goes. I knew coming into the show that it was going to be a blur. And it always happens. The drive out for me on Friday is generally pretty relaxing. And the evening is a little longer in its pace, a little slower. It's nice. And then... On Saturday morning, I wake up and it's still peaceful. I get in the car and I start to drive out to Columbus. And from that point, you know, I blink twice and I'm on the way home on Sunday. Like it just, it goes by so fast. And it's, you know, if you were to, if you were to take a, uh, if you were to capture this in a film, it would be sort of that montage of like these kind of blurry, quick cut moments and that's what it feels like. And I really forgot. I, I knew that it was going to be a, a blur, but I didn't realize how fast certain parts of it would go. To the point where yesterday, when I was um, when I was at setup, it went by so quickly that I I feel like I missed that that two hours were kind of pulled from the day without me agreeing to it. Like I didn't know where they went. And all of a sudden, you know, I I blinked and it was, uh, it was say seven o'clock or almost eight o'clock. And so those were three things that stuck out to me that were, were moments and things that I forgot about a larger toy show like this. I love these larger toy shows and I'm so glad we get to do this. If you get a chance to come out, I know I keep saying this, but the CTS shows are incredible. This one, this one really is just one of my absolute favorites, maybe my favorite of all time, um, just because they, each one tends to be magical in its own way, and um, we have really good people who come out, people who bring wonderful things, uh, people who are collectors and dealers, and uh, you get just a really nice mix of people. And ones who have an incredible amount of knowledge, you know, for all different toy lines. And you see things at these toy shows that you would maybe not see otherwise. Um, So it's it's been a wonderful weekend. I'm sad that it's over because, as I said, it went by really quickly. But at the same time, there was so much packed into it. And it was so wonderful. It was a really great trip that... I feel okay heading home now. I feel like I've gotten my fill of toy shows, and again, we don't know what the future holds for us these next few months, and so if this happened to be the final toy show of the year for me, I would be fine with that, because it was a really great experience, a really positive one, and I know that, you know, if nothing else were to happen, um, I would be back here as soon as they had the next one in March, you know, or whenever they, they plan to have it next. So it's been a wonderful trip. Can't wait for the next one. And I'm so thankful for everyone who had, you know, the, uh, who made the time to, to sit and to talk to me, uh, whether it was a handshake and a hug or a smile and a wave and just, you know, or, you know, a conversation for an hour. Like it was just it was an absolute blessing and I um, can't wait for the next one. Thank you so much for joining me for this two-part series celebrating the Columbus Toy Show Weekend. My thanks to James Ford and everyone at CTS Promotions who helped make this event a reality. James is one of those collectors who has contributed so much to our hobby and to our community through these shows, and he's given us two shows that genuinely bring collectors together for truly memorable weekends. And my thanks to Peter LaRose for being an amazing friend and for being my roommate for the weekend. It was Pete's birthday that Friday, and it was nice being able to celebrate with him in person. And thank you to Sam Sams, Mark Ryan, Eric Baker, Luis Gomez, Ryan Lemkel and Leah Kurtz, and Warren Rayberg for taking time out to speak with me and to share some stories with me for this episode. I hope these episodes give you some idea of what a toy show weekend is like. Many of these episodes became very important to me during the quarantine. They served as reminders of former events and captured many of the things I loved about traveling to them. For the past few years, many of us have created new memories of times that were vibrant and exciting, fresh yet familiar, and funny, always funny. We're like a class that goes through school each year together. And for better or for worse, we're a community. So let's do what we can to help make these mutual moments memorable in wonderful ways for others. Let's give one another a chance and provide enough space for the possibility of a friendship to form. Let's reward kindness with kindness in profound and creative ways. And let's be the ones to initiate that kindness, whether it is shown to us or not. Right now, if you are hearing my voice, know this. You have the power to be a positive voice in our community and can impact the lives of many collectors around you. Figure out how to use your gifts to be a light to those around you. Check in with those who may be struggling. Because the secret is, we're all kind of struggling right now. And those you help along during the race will be there to help you over the finish line when you need it. I know I always say this toward the end of every episode, but truly, thank you for listening to Star Wars Prototypes and Production. If you enjoy these episodes and stories, please subscribe or follow the show on your preferred podcast platform. It's free to do so, and this way you'll know as soon as the next episode drops. But for now... The galaxy is in your hands. Let's make it something special.